Welcome back to Elevated Inspiration for Sunday School. We are starting not really a new series, but a new unit. I think that's probably the best way of saying it. And if you notice up here, it is, what does faith cost? In the next four lessons, we're going to be looking at Paul, the Apostle Paul. This is Lesson 10, November the 6th, and it is entitled, Paul Before King Agrippa. Again, this is the Cogent Legacy version, and that fall quarter 2022, let's get started and see what's in store for us today. All right, so we have three outlines, all right, three outlines, and then we'll jump into our lesson learned. And our first outline is Paul prepares his defense. Now, this is coming from Acts, the 16th chapter, verses 19 to 23, so if you jump at the beginning of the 16th chapter, you would notice that Paul has been in prison for two years. Um, and he has appealed to go to um, the Roman emperor in Rome. And in order for him to do that, he's brought before Festus. He was with Felix, but now Festus has taken Felix's place and King Agrippa comes in. So Paul began to testify and give his conversion. And we're going to jump right in into the 16th verse. 16th verse says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient until the heavenly vision. So basically, what we're seeing here is that Paul is speaking to actually three people. King Agrippa, Bernice, his wife, and Festus. Now, who is King Agrippa? Okay. King Agrippa actually is the son of King Agrippa I. This is actually King Agrippa II. You remember him because he was the ruler who was responsible for beheading the apostle James. He also had Peter arrested. But what's unique is he's the grandson of the ruler Herod Antipas who had John the Baptist beheaded. You remember that episode um, when his how can I say that that was his uh, wife daughter dance and asked for John the Baptist's head. But what's interesting is that he is the great grandson of Herod the Great who is Herod. You remember Herod is the one that had all the Jews baby killed that was two years and under when Jesus was born. Herod is also the one who built the temple. So Agrippa, at this point in time, he had no children when he met Apostle Paul. He was living with Bernice, who is actually his sister. And he is the last of the Herod. He actually died in AD 100 at the age of 73. Now, King Agrippa is actually Jewish. Or better than to say that, he is he knows the Jewish customs. He knows the religious because he's in charge of the temple. He actually appoints the high priest. And if you really dig deep, Herod the Great is an Edomite. And you remember Edom, or the Edomites, is from the seed of Esau. <laughs> That's when I read that, I said, wow, man, it is amazing. 
But verse 20, Paul is still speaking, and he says, But show first unto them of Damascus, and at Jerusalem. Remember, he was converted on the road to Damascus, at Jerusalem, throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do the work. Meet for repentance. So Paul is expressing his testimony. He's saying that he's preached Christ first at Damascus, at Jerusalem, that's the headquarters, and all the coasts of Judea, and he even had gone to the Gentiles. Notice verse 21. And for these calls, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. In verse 22. Having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophet Moses did say, did say should come. So what, what he is actually doing is explaining why he's doing this, why he's preaching, why he's talking about Christ. And of course, King Agrippa knew about Christ because he had to be there during all the times. And I believe he was brought up right next to the temple. He's actually have a Jewish heritage. And then verse 23 is what Paul is saying that I am preaching that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And he's saying this is the reason why they are persecuting me. So I think I went too far. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't go too far. So my takeaway is this. Paul's assertion of Jesus' death and resurrection Preaching of this message to a world without particular respect to the Jews or Gentiles or why the Jews have tried to kill him. That's all Paul is trying to do is preach Christ. And he says that. And this is contrary to what I was even taught as a youth. And now they're trying to kill me. So the next outline. Let's look at the next outline. It is entitled, Paul Stand His Grounds. So, in this outline, I want to look at verses 20, 24 through 29. But first, look at verse 24. Notice this outline is, is, is Paul respectfully declares the truth. Verse 24, and as he does spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doeth make thee mad. You know, that tells me something. Festus, respect Paul, respect his education, respect that he really knew what he was talking about, but he said, you're mad because all this learning has brought you to speak foolishly. But notice how 25, I like how Paul addressed Festus, but he said, I am not mad, most notable Festus, <laughs> most notable Festus. But speak forth the words of truth and soberness. I'm not mad. I speak the truth. I am sober. And then verse 26. I like this because he reverses and goes back to King Agrippa. He says, for the king knoweth of these things. Notice how he said that. Before whom also I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. He's talking about King Agrippa. The king know these things. These things are not hid from him. For these things was not done in a corner. King Agrippa know all about Jesus Christ. 
He understands this. He has seen the miracles. Remember I said his great-grandfather had him killed? Correction. His great-grandfather tried to stop his birth by having the babies slaughtered? Wow, that's amazing. Okay. And my next outline. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? Notice what he says here. Okay, I got to hit this. Look. He turns to King Agrippa and said, Believeth thou the prophets? Do you believe the prophets? It's more of a rhetorical question because he comes back and said, I know that thou believest. And then Agrippa said to Paul, I like this right here. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I wonder why. He said, almost thou persuade me, persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, King Agrippa, but also all that heard me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except I'm bound, except I'm in prison, except I got changed. I wish everyone in here would be like me, would have this belief that I believe. That has to be really positive that yet he's been in prison for two years. He is standing there giving his testimony and sharing the good news, what happened to him on the road to Damascus. That is powerful when you think about it. So that, so what is my takeaway? I like to look at, this is a strategic move by Paul. See, Paul replied to Festus, most notable Festus. He's showing respect for the governor agitation and authority of his powerful position. Yet it also showed Paul's confidence in his message. He didn't back down. Now, and then he leaned and he re re react to King Agrippa. He says, believest thou the prophet? All want, all want to believe that their lives have a purpose beyond their present existence. Everybody want to believe that. So as believers today, we must plant the seed and allow God to multiply it. We must plant that seed and allow God to multiply it. And then the last outline is this, perceive mistake to ministry. Now, from an outside, we might think it's a mistake, but from an in, inward knowledge, it's not a mistake. So it's not a mistake where Paul is because verse 30 says, and we had spoken, the king rose up and the governor and Bernice, that's Bernice there. That's the king's sister. And they that sat with them, there was other people there. And when they were gone, the other people, Agrippa and the governor, Festus spoke. And they said, this man doeth nothing worthy of death or bond. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed to Caesar. If he had not appealed to the emperor, because he's a Roman citizen, he might have been let free. They think that this was a mistake. But oh God does not make mistakes when you think about it. So my takeaway, Festus and Agrippa saw Paul's appeal to Caesar as a strategic mistake, but it was God's way through Paul, are spreading the gospel message to the powerful Roman leadership. And that's what we're going to be studying for the next four lessons. Is notice the 
how God works in different situations. So what is my lesson learned from this? My lesson learned is simple. In response to Paul's appeal to the Roman emperor, God permitted him to share his testimony before King Agrippa, Festus, and Queen Bernice. Likewise, my responsibility as a believer is to become aware of unique opportunities to share my testimony with non-believers while recognizing that God's plan is constantly unfolding. And my thought is, you got to stand up for what you believe. If you don't get anything else out of this lesson, I want you to get that out of this lesson, is that you got to stand up. You got to stand up for what you believe. That's amazing when you think about it. That is really amazing. So let's just take a few minutes here and let's just go into our reflection. That key verse is verse 25. And he said, I am not mad, most notable Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. You know, let's take a few moments right now and just reflect over your life. Have you used every opportunity to share your testimony with others? And I'm talking to believers. Do we really use opportunities to share God's blessing or to share what God has done for us? Here's Paul been in prison for two years. He get a chance to speak to Festus and Agrippa. He focuses attention on Agrippa and he shares the good news of Christ. Now, a lot of commentaries say that Agrippa said, you almost convinced me to become a Christian. It's because his whole bite was he was living with his, um, uh, um, his sister. There was an incestuous relationship there. Or maybe Festus would have thought he was gone mad. Hmm. Scripture doesn't tell us. But the scripture does tell us that he was the last of his generation. Or maybe not scripture, but history tells us that he was the last of the Herod generation. God gives everyone an opportunity to come to know him. Everyone has an opportunity. Are you being used as an instrument to share the good news? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, give us the opportunity to display our faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and to draw others unto him so that they will also glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.